Do you live your life rock boat to rock boat? If so, then welcome aboard the Boatcast, the podcast for rock boaters by rock boaters. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Loka Connie. Welcome. I've never been more nervous in my life. Are you serious? Because, <laughs> I mean, you got on this boat and you rocked it out. For real. Like, like you were meant to do that. Yeah, that, that was nothing. But talking to you on a podcast, I'm sweating bullets. <laughs> awesome. Dude, this is great. You had a, a big night last night in Philly, right? Um, yes. Um, well, this weekend we had the um, premiere of my art dealer's film, Philly premiere at the Philadelphia Film Festival. Um, it went fantastic. The film was so well received. We had a great crowd. And uh, it's my first film. So it's really exciting to do stuff like this. Yeah. Like, and I was, I saw some of the pictures and I saw there was one guy that made like, uh, were they Jello? Sh- was it a Jello shop poster? Of course you yeah. would notice that, Chris. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy in Philly who um goes to certain big events and he he makes a jello shot sculpture um so he made a low cut connie jello shot sculpture for all of our <laughs> fans who were waiting in line outside the theater and uh yeah that was pretty cool that is so philly <laughs> it is super philly he comes around with his jello cart um you can have a, a alcoholic or non-alcoholic jello shot and it's actually a really good idea for any event where there's people waiting in line on the street you know what i mean so I'm hydrated yeah how how long had you been sitting on this idea of doing a live performance featured film well before the pandemic we started uh we started filming stuff in 2018 and 2019 uh on the road and then coming out of the pandemic, I realized now's the time to try to do that sort of one big night concert film, sort of like Stop Making Sense, uh, the Talking Heads film, um, because the band and the shows coming right out of the pandemic, there was just this next level kind of magic with those shows. And I thought, we got to capture this now. And then, of course, you don't know if it's going to go well because when you put all your chips on one big show you know there's so many things that have to align to make that show magical between the crowd the venue the audio the lighting cameras everything uh and it just somehow we just hit like a royal straight flush that night and we just kind of nailed it and got our film i love i I love the trailer it's awesome Thanks. Um, I, I like the, the part where you said trying to give everybody an orgasmic, magical experience. And, and I guess my question to you is, what was your first ever music, orgasmic, magical experience? Well, there's so many shows that I've seen in my life that convinced me to do this with my life. You know, 
that inspired me to want to be part of the stage life, as they say. Um, one of them that comes to mind is when I saw Iggy Pop. Um, nice. I think it was 2003. And I was just starting to perform and put bands together. I saw Iggy Pop in the first reunion show with the Stooges in the U.S. And um, I'd just never seen somebody take over a crowd like that in my life. <laughs> uh, and be so generous with their energy. Meaning there are a lot of performers, guys, that they're on stage. And you can tell, even if they're great performers, you can tell that they... They're there to be admired. Um, And then there are other performers who are there specifically and completely to give you a good time. It's all about the audience. It's not about them. And seeing Iggy that night showed me an example of how everything that he was doing was for the audience. It was for their experience. It wasn't for him. That was really powerful. So. That, you know, there's other shows I've I've seen in my life that I had those moments. I remember seeing James Brown uh, in Philly when I was about 19. That's awesome. And um, I think he was probably the greatest to ever do it you know, in terms of live performance. Um, I remember sneaking into when I was 18, sneaking into a Tom Waits concert in New York City, um, cutting class to go to that. <laughs> And I remember being in line to go into the theater and Keith Richards walked by me. What? And then when I got in the theater, I saw Elvis Costello um, (laughs) and all these people. I was like, this is the place to be. I mean, that's uh, awesome. Lou Reed was there, another one of my heroes. And I was like, this is the kind of life that I want to have, you know? You know, and. To, to circle back to what you said about um, the performers and some do it for certain reasons and some do it for the other, hearing you say that, and I didn't get a chance to see you on the boat, but knowing the artists that go on the boat, that's definitely one of the reasons why you, you had been on the boat and, and, and your amazing music. But um, that just totally resonated with me when you said that about the artists and, and how they, you know, conduct well, themselves. Well, Chris, we talk performers. I don't think the boat has ever seen a performer quite like Adam upside it, down. On it was ahead, captivating. Amen. It was captivating. <laughs> Man, and and then after the boat, I saw you at Union Transfer. I think it was right before the world shut down there. Um, yeah, and y'all killed it. Let's talk about leaving nothing. I mean, your your shirt was off by the end of the night, and uh, you put it all out there on the stage, man. So. Yeah, thank you, man. I mean, I give a lot of credit to my to my audience because we have a very special uh, fan base that um, they're very um, open minded. They are uh, they 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 really um, aren't afraid to have a good time. Let's put it that way, and they seem to care about each other, which is which is um, important for the type of show that we do everybody's like into the idea that we're all going to have a great evening together. And it's a collaboration between the audience and me and the band to make that, you know, elevation happen. Uh, The rock boat was fun because again, 
you have another, you have a group of people that are there specifically um, who have put aside this time uh, to focus on music and meeting people and just having a great time. And so you know going into it that you don't have to fight for people's attention. You know going into it that you don't have to convince people that they should let loose and have a good time. They're kind of already there. So, I mean, we had a lot of fun balancing on top of a piano on a boat. That was, that was new for me, I will say. Man, when you got up there, I was just like, what is going on? It was yeah, wild. me too. <laughs> it's not, not hard to get up. It's getting down. The thing. And sustaining. <laughs> and then you just jump. And then you just jump off of it. And I'm like... Jeez, this guy is just putting it all out there. Do not try that at home. <laughs> and by the way, if I tried it at home, I would fall because <laughs> there's certain things that happen on stage that you just absolutely could never do in the light of day. You know, all kinds of things that happen. Uh, the moment just carries you. And you, I end up, people say, oh, you, you climbed on this thing or you've, flew across the stage and you went upside down i'm actually very um klutzy person very clumsy and um i don't know what happens when i'm on stage but i get some extra powers let me put it that way yeah that's uh that's yeah that's the fans and the lovers of your music just just giving you the energy it's um i think so i remember the first time we did a show in Philly 10 years ago, early in the band's history. And I saw this video of myself. Somebody showed me. This is like, you have to understand, guys, for the first decade plus of my performing career, there was no social media. So right. there was no such thing as like you get off stage and you see exactly what you just did, right? And then when I started Low Cut Connie, it was right around when social media was getting going. And then all of a sudden you get off stage and somebody would say, did you see this? Right. And there was just this moment where I think it was at Johnny Brenda's uh, early in the band. Nice. Where I ran through the crowd. Kind of Mary Lou Retton, you know, jumped onto the stage in one movement leaped over my guitar player over my piano bench and landed directly onto the perfect chord on the piano whoa with the mic perfectly timed <laughs> wow it was it was this little olympic kind of little uh floor routine that i did and somebody showed me a video and i said i have and they said how'd you do that i said i have absolutely no fucking idea <laughs> I don't have the slightest idea. If you asked me to do it right now, I wouldn't know how. So. so I have some, you know, I'm always interested in the artwork on albums and, and such. And it's funny because artwork, art dealers, you know, what, how did that album cover come to be? And uh, do you like have a hand in that? Of course. I mean, I'm a control freak. So absolutely. <laughs> um my friend Skyler Watkins, who's an absolutely fantastic um, photographer here in Philly, 
she um took all these photos at Sony Hall when we did this show at Sony Hall, which is the sh- it's the show that is the backbone of the art dealer's film. And okay. the theater, the theater in Sony Hall is like a hundred years old. Nice. Um, and even though they've modernized it to be kind of like a rock and roll venue, there are certain parts of the theater that are from the 1920s original. And so before we did the show, she photographed uh, parts of the theater. And then as the night went on and people got a little more inebriated and a little more in the moment, she continued to take pictures through the crowd. And there was this moment where she was in the crowd trying to take a picture of the mirror ball and this art deco ceiling. And she was just sort of like in the mix of a whole bunch of people. And she got this kind of kaleidoscopic effect from the camera as she was moving around. And when I saw that image, I said, that'll be the cover. Nice. Um, and uh, I think it turned out really well. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, it's pretty uh, caught my eye. I'm like, that looks badass. What, looking back, did you ever think for a moment that you'd be up on stage playing a piano? And if I understood this right, Bruce Springsteen uh, was in the audience recently. Yeah, that was on, um, that was on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, did I- yeah. Heck of a week. <laughs> yeah, it was a busy week. So, yeah, um, basically they did a 50th anniversary of Bruce Springsteen's second album, which is called The Wild, The Innocent, The E Street Shuffle, which is one of my favorite um, Bruce albums and one of my favorite albums ever. And um, they asked me if I would perform Incident on 57th Street, which is a really great song on that record and um they didn't know at the time nor did i that bruce was going to be showing up that's awesome so um i mean he's amazing a couple years ago um i went to see his broadway show Mm -hmm. 2018 i think and right before the lights went down uh somebody came out and said he would like to meet you. Can you come backstage after? What? And I, that, that was like mind blowing to me. So I got to go back and hang with him and Patty. And uh, he he said, "I hear you're doing great stuff. I got to come see the band." Look <laughs> um, about a nod. <laughs> yeah. No, he's so encouraging, and so it yeah. was very cool, but also very nerve wracking to perform anybody's song in front of them you know mm-hmm. let alone that song which everyone in that audience knows religiously that song so i just tried to do my best and the thing is guys when you cover a song you know you got to have a plan of attack and um i have learned over the years to never ever try to sound like somebody else that's the that's the only thing that i the only thing I never try to do. Smart. Yes, yes, I'm singing a Bruce Springsteen song, but don't ever try to sound like him. <laughs> um, if I'm covering a Prince song, I cannot try to sound like Prince. I got to do it. I got to run it through my program 
and sing it the way I would sing it. And if it doesn't pass that test, if I don't think it sounds good as my material, then I don't do it. So um, with that song, I just tried to make it my own, you know, and do it my way. And it turned out pretty good. It's awesome. That's, that's great. That's great advice for the, anybody that's listening that. Well, there's a yeah. difference again between karaoke mm-hmm. and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, actually, you know, performing like songs under your own name, like, and karaoke is fun. And sometimes it's fun for me to get up and sing some Elvis <laughs> at karaoke, but it's a different situation if I'm up there to perform myself, you know? Yeah, so sure. it's, it's a, I, I always try to do it my own way. If that makes sense. Did, did you know, that he was going to be there before you performed or was this just like you were walking oh, on I the stage? See, yeah. I got to see him backstage before I went on he okay. was backstage with the group and, um, which was very cool. Um, so yes, I did know. And it was just a really nice event. It was just, um, all these people that were involved with that album, the ones that are still alive and mm-hmm. there's so many of them are, we're all there. So I was watching Bruce being reunited with um, the original engineer and some of the early roadies and the original members of the E Street band, like David Sanchez and Vinny Lopez, etc., who he hadn't seen in a while. There was a woman backstage who sang back up with the Bruce Springsteen band before the E Street band. Oh, that's incredible. Um, that he hadn't seen in 50 years. So it, it was it was really cool just to be back there. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. The uh, the Art Dealers album, which was released in September, um, I'm a big fan of the song Big Boy on it. It's because I'm a big boy. So I thought it was like, <laughs> you know, it's cool. But, uh, you know, your creative process, is that, are these, are is your music based off of life experiences or do you just try to create, you know, um, music, based off of events in your life or like how, how does that work for you? I don't try to do anything. Okay. Uh, in fact, nice. I think if you try, if think if you're trying and if I, I feel like if I'm trying, I'm doing something wrong. Um, it's, it, it just doesn't work like that. I wish, you know, when I talk to young songwriters and stuff about like, how do you do it? You, you know, you can give advice, but at the end of the day, um, you can't, um, explain how to how to start how to get the spark going you know um for me think the songs just pop up so it's more like having a dream than sitting down and doing homework that makes sense um totally so uh no i don't i don't try to base it on anything and i think a lot of people think that songs come from ideas but they don't they come from another place and for me it's a musical place Music is its own language, right? Yep. And um, I'm almost always a music first, words second. Um, I think I'm much, naturally, I'm much more of a musician than a writer, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so usually the music comes first, usually about 80% of the time. Nice. That's awesome insight. You got some... uh 
you got some upcoming screenings coming up minneapolis and asbury park that's yeah, uh man. what what was it like trying to like logistically figure out like where you could go perform and then do a, a screening as well was that was that a challenge well we just i've never made a film full-length film before i've yep. done a lot of music videos and um i love doing videos over the years um i've directed or co-directed or just kind of guided at least a dozen low-cut connie videos and it's always like my favorite thing to do um i've worked with some really talented people with with our music videos over the years um this time making a feature film was my first rodeo and my partner in crime on the film roy power he had he's a really talented filmmaker uh, but he had never made a feature before so for both of us, it was a new experience. And the fact that we actually got it through to the finish line was just a miracle and a half <laughs> because it's really hard making a film. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a long process. And um, we finished it, and then I we just applied to these film festivals, and we got into a bunch, which awesome. was shocking to me. And so then we had to kind of figure out how to route the band around these festivals. It just kind of worked out well. Um, so I was in Minneapolis playing in, at First Avenue two or three weeks ago, and then I go back there next week for this Sound Unseen. Uh, that was just a stroke of luck that it worked out that way, that I could announce the screening on stage. Same thing with Philadelphia. Um, although after the screening, I'm excited to say that we're doing two nights in Philly in Ardmore Music Hall, December 30th and 31st. Whoa. That's awesome. Because it's been a minute <laughs> since we did a big New Year's Eve thing, and I, I want to party. Like, you know, coming back from COVID, we just didn't have a chance to really do it because we were still in a socially distanced, masking can't really throw down as hard as we wanted to situation this year i was like fuck it we are going all the way in it's awesome so we're doing that so there's screenings of the film with solo concerts but the band is busy we're, we're doing asbury park and uh philly in december and i'm i'm looking forward to it it's awesome well december 30th let's let's get there guys yeah, I'm Saturday. Down. There's zero I was, excuse. I was literally gonna say, I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll be we'll be getting some tickets. Hell yeah, Adam! Thank you so much for taking some time to chat about. Such a pleasure. I love meeting people from. Uh, once in a while, I'll do a meet and greet, and people say, "I found you on the rock boat." That was. Oh wow! You meet a lot of people. Um, it's a nice connector, you know um so keep up what you guys are doing i i hope we get back onto a boat one of these days and um yeah taking a piano onto a boat is always an adventure but <laughs> i hope we get to do it again awesome Adam. I, I totally agree all right guys take care of yourselves thanks for reaching out and i'll yeah, see man. you guys december 30 see you there man see you later oh, man.